can we practice the presence of God? How can you and I shepherd others toward greater intimacy with the Father? And what happens when God's Spirit shows up in unmistakable ways? Hi, my name is Aris Lawless and welcome to Sage Talk. In today's episode, Al Henson and Paul Lawler are sharing how we can individually and collectively enter the presence of God. We'll also learn how this helps us to live and walk in the fullness of joy with other believers. Al and Paul have over 75 years of pastoring between them, and they've spent decades walking among the nations, ministering to the persecuted church and the least of these. Let's join them for today's conversation as they shepherd the hearts of faithful servants and Christian leaders in today's edition of Sage Talk. Hi, I'm Paul Lawler. I've had the privilege of being a pastor for 31 years, and I've served Christ Church Birmingham as the senior pastor since 2007. And I have the privilege of sitting here with Al Henson, who has been a pastor for over 40 years and is currently serving since 2011 as the chairperson and founder of the Compassionate Hope Foundation. And this, as we gather, is Sage Talk. We're going to continue our conversation today around the topic of transformation. And as we've journeyed together the last several weeks, we have talked about the relationship between spiritual fathering, spiritual mothering, and transformation as it relates particularly to the presence of God, the Mm. manifest presence of God in our lives and in the lives of others. And we've recognized that uh, this is strategic for not only our development, but also the development of people that we influence and serve for the glory of God. So as we pick up this conversation today, uh, Al, I'm going to turn to you uh, because we're going to move a little bit today into the role of spiritual fathering, spiritual mothering, and transformation as it relates to the richness of Christian fellowship. So may I pass the baton Uh, to you? As we have people listening in to uh, these podcasts, uh, there's some of the responses we're getting, even the last several ones, Paul, on the uh, transformation, as you have said, there's people are saying, "Can you?" We, we are understanding a bit of how that's done now through coming into the presence of God. But how do you actually walk that out? Mm, yes. How, as a follower of Jesus, do I practice that mm. so that I can have transformation, mm. and so that I then also my goal is to become a spiritual father yes. and, and a spiritual mother to, to, to father others to be transformed enough that God would entrust me yes. with the spiritual fathering or mothering of others. Mm. And so we've been taking a passage each each time. If you remember back, Second Corinthians three eighteen, yes. the, the getting into the presence of God, we must unveil our face, mm-hmm. our very essence. Yes, uh, we without fear just come into the presence of God. Romans twelve tying into that. Then when we come into the presence of God unveiled, the mm. first thing is just say, God, here I am. Yes. Romans twelve one. Uh, uh, Paul is begging us by the mercies of God mm. to present ourselves mm-hmm. to God. And so when we come into the presence of God, we just come. I love the song, Just As I Am. Yeah. I come in just as I am. God, here mm. I am. Beautiful mess. Mm. And I want to be like your son, Jesus, because mm. I know that's what you want me to be like. Well, First John gives us a, 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 the same message mm. with different words. Yeah. 
And it, I love First John because it, it gives us some of the treasures and the values mm-hmm. of living and walking this kind of way. Uh, <clears throat> for John, you know, as, as one of the major apostles, and verses 1 and 2, I, I won't read it, but verses 1 and 2 of First John, he, he gets very intimate yes. about Jesus. He said, we heard him, mm-hmm. we touched him, mm-hmm. we felt him, uh, we beheld him. And he, he, it's almost like he steps away from the humanity of Jesus for a moment and says, and, we, and this life, yeah. this divine life yes. was manifested to us. Yes. And now, verse 3, which I will read, mm-hmm. and that which we have seen mm-hmm. and heard, we declare unto you that you may have fellowship with us, mm-hmm. and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Yes. So what, what John is saying here, that the intentions of God and, and the gospel and the power of the gospel and changing us, bringing us into Christ, bringing us into the body of Christ, into one another, mm-hmm. and being able with the veil rent to, 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 to individually and collectively get into the presence of God, mm. that if, if we do that, then we have a deep sense of participation in life yes. uh, and, and hurt and pain. We mourn when they mourn. We weep when they weep. We rejoice. We know each other. Mm. We're vulnerable. And so this matter of openness yes. and transparency mm-hmm. is not only to be toward God, mm but to be toward our brothers and sisters. In verse 7, this is the phrase we want to focus on. Yeah. But if you walk in the light mm-hmm. as he is in the light, mm-hmm. then you can have, truly you can have this kind of intimate fellowship yes. uh, with, with one another. And the Greek word here really is talking about a deep experiential intimacy, yes. spiritually, uh, soulish, in, in the soul area with one another. And then verse 4 says this, I write these things, John says to you, that your joy might be full. So, yes. brother, sister, are you listening? Yes. How would you like to live and walk in the fullness of joy? Mm, mm, so good. And the fullness of joy, even Psalm sixteen eleven, this great man of God, David. David says, "In His presence, yes, is the fullness of joy." And John is actually saying, "In the in in the presence of God, mm-hmm. and in the presence of brothers and sisters, mm. unveiled, mm. vulnerable." Yes. Walking in the light, that's what it means, walking mm-hmm. in the light, which means both walking in vulnerability and honesty and openness before one another, but also walking out in the truths of yeah. God. It's kind of like an unveiled face yes, with yeah. one another. Keep yeah, going. Yeah. Then then uh, this is the way transformation takes place yes. in our lives. It's not just being transformed. Now we're actually experiencing yes. the joy of the Lord. Mm. And Nehemiah would say, yeah, and the joy of the Lord is where your strength will come from. Amen. Amen. And Paul, so today we want to take this with the other text that we've had, and and you and I perhaps share some stories uh, of our walks with God and Mm. and our own transformation and with others Mm. um, that could help people practically think through how how this has happened and how it takes place. You know, I think I would begin with an example uh, with a group of men that I journeyed with for a period of time uh, in a discipleship group. And we had some study material, a lot of great studies out there, uh, and we utilized that faithfully. But we began to notice something. We began to notice that in our prayer times, as people began to open up and pray when we would begin the study, they were getting a little longer. And, uh, and as those prayer times got a little longer, there were these moments mm. where the Lord was making his presence known mm. among us. And so we got to where, um, without meaning to, sometimes we would pray for an entire hour. <laughs> and the study 
we we might or might not get to. That wasn't intentional. I'm, I'm not saying that that's prescriptive always, but that's that's what we did. Well, well, as the presence of God, as we've been talking about, became tangible in our midst, there was an evening where a brother he, he began to weep, mm. and we knew something mm. it was something that the Lord in a very loving way, was putting light on in his heart. And we just gathered around him and just waited for him to compose himself. And he opened up and shared something that he had gone through actually decades ago that was very deep, very personal, mm. and it had marked him. Mm. And he had battled keeping that secret and the shame mm. in which the enemy had also sown into his life mm. Al, he was so bound up. It crippled him spiritually. But at that moment, he was walking in the light. That's right. He was unveiling his... Yes, yes. And then as he began to share, and as you're sharing, the very light of God is touching him. He puts it in the light. He Mm. shares it openly with his brothers. And as he did, those those men took such a gracious posture Mm. of listening and then gathering around him and praying over him. Would you say, Paul, that this uh, immediately brought about a deeper, intimate presence of God? Oh, there's no question. Mm-hmm. In fact, not only was every every man in that room was marked mmm. by the indelible moment of mm. what was happening mm. in God's presence, holy, holy. it was holy. Mm. But in addition, I have witnessed this particular man who shared his life um, since that moment. Hmm. It 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 was it's just a story of a captive being set free free through the power of God in the midst of fellowship hmm. in Christ with Amen. one another. And because his life has never been the same. Hmm. Uh, he's this story. is a highly educated uh, person who in who is a teacher. Hmm. Um, that uh, it it transformed his walk, and it affected other people yes, in a God-honoring way. Probably every man in that room remembers that time. Absolutely. And the point they remember is not necessarily what the man said, but the point they remember, God is with us. God. God. It's, it's, it's about God. Amen. And, and there is where the worship really deepens. Mm. Ah, God. Mm. Um, I was thinking as you were sharing that, sort of a sister passage with first john is james 5 which says if we uh if we confess our faults one to another uh and pray for one another uh, then then god will heal yes and the idea of confessing our faults was this is what he did Mm. and it enabled you brothers that were present to know better where uh, where he needed to be loved and how he needed to be loved yes how to pray for him Mm. how he needed to his feet needed to be washed. Mm-hmm. How, according to Galatians six, bear you one another. How we need to bear. We had no idea that our brother was carrying such a burden. Yes. Now we know how to uh, to supply mm-hmm. the Spirit and the grace of God in his life to help him uh, to, to bear that burden. Amen. And so this matter where we're, we're bringing into today of walking this out, mm. uh, this matter of getting into the presence of God, unveiling this, your, your, yourself, it's not just apart from the body of Christ. That's right. So good. It's with the body of Christ. Yes. And I think, Paul, as you were sharing, I, I really feel led. I'd like to, to tell a story about how this, this I allowed this to function in practice mm-hmm. as a father yes. and as a husband mm. and how it affected mm. my family and our family life and our children. Mm. 
this matter of the presence of God. I had been thinking about this and been getting to enjoy in my uh, late 20s a, a deeper, ever-growing presence of God, and thinking about my family. And I was reading First John about walking in the light, mm. and I thought, you know, I'm really not walking in the light mm. with my wife and my children mm. as I am with you, God. Mm. And I, I thought, I don't want my children to, to, to not think highly of their dad, mm-hmm. but if, if I begin to tell them some of the truth. And, and, and the context of all of this is when we begin to move with others in the light, we need to, we need to speak uh, wisely yes. and appropriately at mm-hmm. the appropriate time with the appropriate people. Mm-hmm. So, Paul, I went home one evening, mm-hmm. and it was back in the day when you were a pastor, you had to wear your, your coat and ties. <laughs> I remember that because the tie is going to be important in yes. the story in a moment. <laughs> uh, but I come home, we have a nice dinner, as we did, mm-hmm. the family talking about the family some, it's just sweet unity. My children were, uh, my daughter would have been eight or nine years old, my middle son would have been five or six, and mm-hmm. my youngest son would have been about four. So these were smaller children. And so as I had done times before, we, I said, let's can we just gather in the living room and the floor. Dad has some things he'd like to talk about. Mm-hmm. And the family was open to that, so we come over, and I said today uh, to my wife Susan and to my my children, I said, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about the kind of conversations I have mm-hmm. with God sometimes Yes, about your daddy. Mm-hmm. And I just opened up my heart mm-hmm. and began to tell them that often I tell God how selfish of daddy I am. Mm-hmm. And I used a couple of illustrations where You've what you've seen me do this or that, and I want you to know that's, uh, that your dad has areas of selfishness. And I mm-hmm. talked about some pride, and and talked about how I let my pride hurt hurt your mother. Yes, from time to time, and my mm-hmm. pride only by a pride comes contention and, and conflict. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 this went on for a few minutes, and the more I <clears throat> opened up like this, the more tender my heart got, and the more. Uh, uh, I became grateful for mm. such a gracious God. Yes. And so I found myself uh, prostrating myself before God in the Jewish kind of way where I'm on my knees and my head is down into the carpet, mm-hmm. but I'm not laying flat flat on the, on the carpet, and I just start praying out loud. Yes. The kind of prayers I'd often pray to privately about being a husband and father, just crying out to God, telling him how much I loved my wife and how mm-hmm. much I loved my children and how much I wanted them to walk with God and be mm-hmm. godly. And I needed your help, God, uh, to be the kind of father that I ought to be, to love my wife as Christ loves mm-hmm. the church, and, and to be the right example of the Heavenly Father. I just poured my heart out. Next thing I know, Paul, mm-hmm. uh, and brothers, sisters, you're listening, uh, I, on one shoulder, I, I felt my daughter. Mm. It was as if they wanted to get as close to their dad as they could. On the other shoulder, I felt my middle son, mm. and my little my littlest son didn't know where to go. He couldn't find a place, so he crawls up underneath me mm. uh, as I'm kneel with between my my face and my chest and and my legs. And I could hear Lacey, Daddy. You're not such a bad daddy. You're okay, daddy. We love you, daddy. You're a good daddy. You're a good daddy. And, and they were trying to comfort me yeah, because they knew that I was sorrowing yes. uh, and repenting and sorrowing mm. before the Lord. Mm. And and I'll never forget this. Day, and I've used it many times in many contexts. But then my youngest son, mm. who was four years old, pulled my tie. Daddy, God's here. Mm. Daddy. God's here. Mm. 
Hmm. And I knew at that moment that what I shared in the last podcast, my children hmm. who were tasting the world yes. and thinking the world was good, hmm. now they were tasting God. Yes. And now they had something that was really good yes. to compare with the world. Too. Yeah. And so my children, I'm glad by the mercies of God and the grace of God to, to share that all of my children are walking with God you, Lord. In, in a deep way. And you know, you know mm. them, Paul, and, mm. Precious and, and, children. So, and several of them are leading ministries mm-hmm. uh, in, in the kingdom. Mm. And so practicing this unveiling mm-hmm. as you become more and more safe with God, ultimately yeah. the, the hope is, is that you can become walking in the light in yes. this passage with your brothers and sisters. Yes. You know, Al, as you share that, there's a couple of things that come to mind. One is that it seems that we grow better in circles mm-hmm. than rows. Yes. And the reason I make that statement is because so much of what we see in the New Testament, particularly here in 1 John 7, is that the life and the practice of life is to get heart to heart. Right. And, and the way um, and, and I'm not saying, you know I'm not in any way saying that anything's wrong with sitting and listening to a sermon or being a part of a worship gathering. That's, that's not the point. But the point is is that our, our experience of Jesus is not full-orbed unless we genuinely get in fellowship with one another, mm-hmm. that where we're first in fellowship with Jesus and out of fellowship with Jesus, we're walking in light and we're walking in koinonia, fellowship with one another in a manner that we can get close enough to hear each other's hearts. Yeah, you mentioned at the beginning that I've been pastoring for over 40 years, Mm -hmm. and I've watched God use my public speaking teachings in in many different kinds of ways, Mm -hmm. but nothing compared to the times that I've been in smaller groups of believers, nothing compared to times I've had one or two, Mm -hmm. or nothing compared to the time that I've, I've, and and I said, we haven't had people living in our home that we just took time to, to mentor them, to love mm. them, to go heart to heart mm. with them, li- life to life with them, and, and and my experiences run from from some of those who were deeply wounded, mm. and uh, uh, those who have been exploited, yes, uh, to pastors of churches of mm-hmm. six to seven thousand, mm-hmm. uh, to CEOs of large corporations. Yes, what I found is it makes no difference. We all need Jesus, Amen. and we all need to get into the presence of God. And I've not used a different uh, practice with any of them. Yeah, it yeah. makes no difference whether they're exploited or they're CEO of a corporation. Mm. If I can get them to Jesus, mm. and and when I use that phrase, it's really into the presence of Jesus. Yes, you know, a number of years ago, uh, you were instrumental in bringing a group of l- Christian leaders from an area of the world where they're heavily persecuted. You were influential in bringing them to North America. And I had a privilege of sitting with them. Mm. And I I remember the day we sat together, I pulled my notepad out, and I was aware that they had been very effective in reaching people for Christ and discipling people. And I I had my notepad out. I'm I'm a linear thinker. I'm ready to write down the principles that they're applying. And you said, wait a second. And you paused and— one of these brothers began to lead in prayer. Mm. And these brothers who have suffered for following Jesus Christ, who love the Lord, love one another deeply, began to cry out to God, not only for themselves, but for one another. Mm -hmm. 
and they ministered to one another. And there were tears, and most of all, even though there was a language barrier, I was so conscious we are in the presence of God. And after about 45 minutes, the prayer time came to a close, and when the word amen was sounded, you turned to me and you said, now, Paul, what did you want to ask? (laughs) And I was mindful that something so powerful and so beautiful had just been illustrated before me. Brothers walking in the light, interceding for one another, walking in the presence of God, and I saw the secret. Mm -hmm. I saw what I I felt that many of us need to see, Mm -hmm. practicing the life of knowing Christ together. I remember uh, years ago, to continue to illustrate this, that... uh, I loved our Sunday morning services. I loved even more our Sunday evening services. Mm -hmm. And I loved even more the Wednesday night services because um, they were smaller and I could lead more. Mm. And and one of our our two key passages was these two, Mm 1 John, practicing it, and James 5. And so on this particular evening, maybe 100 people, adults, were present. Mm -hmm. A gentleman walks in the back as we've gotten started. It's nice. Three, uh, three-piece suit on tie, mm. and he sits down, very handsome-looking uh, man. But I, I lead forward, mm-hmm. and uh, we open up for a share time. And and people begin to stand and, and share a weakness or share a fault mm-hmm. and then ask for prayer. And some were yes. standing and sharing a praise mm-hmm. uh, of where they had shared and God had answered prayer. Mm. And we'd had this family that had been visiting with us, and this man stands up, and his lip is quivering. He's trying to get mm. control of himself, and he says, most of you don't know him, and he tells his name. He said, we've been going to church all of our life, but I've never been in a church like this one, mm. in a gathering like this one. He puts his hand on his, wife, on his wife's shoulder, and, he's, and he says to the, to the fellowship, I, men, I need you to pray for me. Mm. He says, you see this woman here? Mm. She is my wife, mm. and I can't tell you how much I've hurt her. Mm-hmm. and my pride and how selfish I've been and the pain that I brought in her life. And she's weeping now because she's wondering, who is this man yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. standing up here? You yeah. know? Yeah. And, and, and we're all just realizing, like the story you told at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it was just so holy mm-hmm. and so pure. And I invited some men to, to gather around him over in a corner somewhere and just pray and moved on with the gathering. We closed the service, and this gentleman in the back uh, comes forward introduced himself and he says i am a, I, I live a couple hundred miles from here mm. i'm a pastor of this church uh, three or four hundred people yes and he said i'm so, so discouraged mm. i'm so dry i'm so empty that i drove here tonight mm. got a hotel room just over here mm. and i have my gun and i was intending oh, to kill myself but he said i've been here tonight and i have hope mm. And so uh, the presence of God, mm. he realized that even as a, a, a growing pastor, uh, even growing in the Lord himself and trying to lead his people, that he had not really learned how to walk into the presence yes. of God yes. and experience God and lead his people in that kind mm-hmm. of way. He was dry. His people was dry. And so I, uh, he didn't kill himself. <clears throat> Praise God. Jesus. Over the next days and weeks, I spent some time with him. Mm. 
and he felt he should step away because mm-hmm. of the denomination he was in, they probably weren't going to accept what, what he was seeing that was so biblical and so mm-hmm. right. And ultimately, he and his wife go to Kansas City, mm. and now that's been 30-something years ago, and took a church of a few people up to thousands. Oh. And just a beautiful, when you walk in, they gather, just a beautiful place of you, God. God, God in his presence. Thank you, God. And I've just, I've, I, I can say this, Paul, and I know we need to close, our time is up, and I'll let you end things, but mm. in my experience, mm. the times and the movements of God mm. have always come around when people are willing to have, whether in desperation yeah. or in faith or yes. in repentance or in both, in a place of grace and safety, they mm. unveil themselves before God, mm. and they find the ability to do that one with another, yes. and they are surprised sometimes at the amount of the, the experiential presence of God yes. that they will begin to experience. Yeah. Oh, that's so good and so life-giving. And, you know, maybe there's uh, there are persons listening today, and, and as you're reflecting on what uh, Al and I have shared today, um, you may have uh, additional questions. And so you, you, we just want you to know we would love to yes. hear from you. Yes. And you can uh, contact us at info at sagetalkpodcast.com, and we would love to be able to respond or interact with some of your questions or thoughts that you may have. But we also want to encourage you, if you're, if you're walking as a Christian alone, uh, we want to encourage you to, to get with a group of believers and, and journey in some type of discipleship gathering where uh, you can not only bear your heart to God, but you can bear your heart openly with one another. Mm-hmm. The very presence of God, Amen. which is so life, life-giving, is at stake. And you were designed to be a dwelling place of the Lord. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to close today in prayer and just uh, take a moment to be still before the Lord. So uh, you may be driving down the highway, you may be sitting in your kitchen, you may be in your office uh, at work, in your company, but let's take a moment to bow our heads and go before the Can throne of grace. Can I pray, Paul? Please. please I'd please. love to. Jesus, my heart is just so aware that the brothers and sisters that are listening in are are embracing, saying, uh, this is what I want. Mm. Uh, this is what I need. Mm. This is what I desire to to bring to the body of Christ and to mm. my brothers and sisters. And many are thinking, oh, if I could just get in the presence of God, if I could just see God with my spiritual eye. Mm. And, Lord, I want them, to, I want you to help them to know this is not only what you want, mm-hmm. but it's what you desire and what you will help them to accomplish. Yes, God. It, it sounds scary a bit. Mm. It sounds uh, uncomfortable, but I pray that you'd help brothers and sisters, and as you clarify things in their hearts, mm. to begin to walk in the light yes. as he is in the light, mm. that they might have fellowship one with another. Yes, God. And God bless each one listening, I mm. pray in Jesus' name. Mm. Have you tasted God? Are you so full of him that you've lost your appetite for anything else? And have you grown so close to his heart that you can hear the hearts of his children? These are life-changing questions, and I hope this episode of Sage Talk has challenged you to draw closer to our Father. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. As Paul said, you can email your thoughts and questions to us at info at sagetalkpodcast.com. You can also find a transcript of today's episode and links that you can send to your friends on our website at sagetalkpodcast.com. 
Now, November 3rd marks the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. In our next episode, Alan Paul will be sharing with us about their work among our persecuted brothers and sisters around the world. You don't want to miss it, so be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Come back soon and join us on Sage Talk for another time of spiritual shepherding, heart-to-heart, and life-to-life.